Awesome. Well, welcome to week three of our Change Your World series. We're looking at what it means to make a difference. Hey, whenever you came in, you should have received some message notes in your worship guide if you want to take those out. Also, we got some, we got some fancy little binders here uh, at the church and what this is for. Each week, as you know, we have message notes and hopefully this is a way you can kind of take them with you. We, we, you're a very generous church and we uh, took some of the tithes and offerings, money that you have given and uh, we uh, invested them in some binders. And we, we were able to get a, 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 about 20 of them, which I know we need a lot more than that, but we have more coming. And, and just hopefully this can be something that you can take and hopefully help you remember and grow in your faith. So we're so glad that you're here today. Our, our series is centered around uh, the scripture in Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus is telling us the kind of church that we're called to be, Matthew chapter 5 in verse 14, we'll just go there now. It says simply, you are the world's light, a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. So don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly Father. So God commands us to, we, we've looked at not hiding our light, not removing the excuses. We talked about that in week one. We talked about shining for all through being willing to just embrace this idea that we're living in a divine moment. But today specifically, I want to talk about what it means to have some good deeds. Like that God tells us that we're supposed to be glowing, a city that's glowing in a hill on a hill because we are doing good deeds that are that are making a difference because we are generous. A couple years ago, my dad sent me an email and it was simply called this, The Perfect Husband, which is it's kind of funny all in itself, right, uh, ladies? Uh, the Perfect Husband, I want to read it to you. It says, several men were in a locker room at a golf club and a cell phone on a bench rang and a man um, picked up the phone and turned on the speakerphone and he began to talk. Everyone else in the room began to listen. Here's how the conversation went. The man said, hello. Uh, the woman said, honey, hey, it's me. Are you at the golf course? Well, I, I am, he said. She said, well, I'm at the mall now, and I found this beautiful leather coat, and it's only $1,000. Is it okay if I buy it, honey? Sure. Go ahead if you like it that much. Wow, the woman said. I, I, well, while we're on the topic, I stopped by the Mercedes dealership on the way, and I, and I saw some of the new models that were there, and I really, I really liked one. They had the perfect color. How much, he said. Oh, only $85,000. And he says, okay, but for that price, I want to make sure you put all the options in it. Okay, great, she said. And one more thing, uh, remember that house that we wanted last year? Well, it's back on the market, and they're only asking $1.5 for it. And he said, uh, well, you did say you really wanted it, so go ahead and give them an offer, but just, just offer 1.4 for it and see what they say. And she says, oh, honey, I love you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. Uh, I love you so much. I can't wait to see you. Bye. And she, and, and she hangs up the phone, and he hangs up the phone. And by this time, all of the men in the locker room are just geared on his conversation and then he puts down the phone and smiles and says, hey, does anybody know whose phone this is? <laughs> That's generosity right there, right? Personified. Well, he was being generous with, with, with somebody else's money, right? It's pretty easy. Yeah, buy it all. You know, it's somebody else's money. 
and being generous. Well, well, I want to talk specifically today about what it means to be generous, to be generous. I don't know what comes to your mind whenever I just say that. Maybe, uh, and not just what comes to your mind, but who comes to your mind. Whenever you hear the word generous, who comes to your mind? I, I love what Winston Churchill said. I think I put it here on the screen. Yeah, Winston Churchill. He said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Isn't that true? That the people that have changed your life, they did it because they were generous. They did it because they gave time, they gave energy, they gave effort. And I don't know who comes to your mind when you think about someone who is generous. Maybe you think about your grandparents. Maybe you think about a friend. Maybe you think about a neighbor or a, or a minister. Or maybe you think about a, just, just a relationship in your life that was so pivotal because they were somebody who was willing to get beyond themselves and be generous. I would say besides our relationship with God, this idea of being a generous person, of loving beyond ourselves, is the most important thing outside of our relationship with Jesus. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what Jesus said. In, in, the, book of, in the book of Luke, Jesus was dealing with a group of people called the Pharisees that were, that were trying to chide him and trying to back him in a corner about what it meant to serve the Lord. And Jesus asked them a question. They said, what is the most, Jesus said, what is the most important commandment? And they respond, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then Jesus shows them that that is, yes, the most important commandment, but he says that the second commandment is like it. And the second commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. The Pharisees asked him, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus shows us that the most important thing in our life is that we would love God and that we would love people. We're in this series called Change Your World because that's exactly what God wants to do through our lives. He wants to use us to change the world around us. And I just want to look today at characteristics of what it looks like to be a world changer, specifically to be a generous person. I believe that God wants each and every one of us to be a generous person. Somebody that whenever someone speaks one day over a casket that we're inside, that hopefully they will say about us that we did not just make a living, but that we made a difference. That we didn't just go and go through the motions of life, but that we actually were generous and made a difference. So I want to look at Jesus' response to these people when they asked him the question, when he said, you got to love God and love people, love your neighbor as yourself. And they asked him, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus answers by giving them this incredible, incredible story. Uh, it, it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so awesome how Jesus just uses the story to kind of just kind of slap them around a little bit, you know, those Pharisees. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 30 I just want to walk through the story with you and then I'm going to bring some principles out of, uh, in regard to generosity. Scripture says, Jesus replied with the story, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. Verse 31 says, by chance, I love that Jesus is kind of like nudging him a little bit. By chance, a priest, which would be kind of who you know, they were, they were this religious people that were having this conversation with Jesus. A priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, 
he just crossed on the other side. In other words, he didn't pay attention to the man. Or to the other side of the road and he passed by him. Verse 32 says, A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Verse 33, then a despised Samaritan. Which this was kind of, to those people, it was like the lowest of the low. He said, you know, you guys, the priests, all you religious people, all you people that you think you're somebody, you just walk by on the other side. But somebody who you think is worthless, a Samaritan, an ordinary person, came along. And when he saw the man, he felt, and here's, here's the big deal today. If you were taking notes, just circle that or underline that in your notes. He felt compassion for him. Like when he looked at him, something began to change on the inside of the man. In verse 34, it says, Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Verse 35, The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. And if the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Wow. 36. Jesus asked, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor, was generous to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked, verse 37. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. The one who was generous the one who wasn't about himself but was about others, then Jesus said, yes, and he gives us a command. You go and do like the Samaritan did. So I want to show you some principles about characteristics of a generous person. And I, as, as I talk about this Samaritan person, this Samaritan man, I want you to think about yourself, really. This, this message today is very introspective. And I want you to try your best to focus and process exactly what God is trying to teach us through this story today and how it would apply to our everyday lives. Here's the first principle is that the generous love beyond themselves. The first aspect of the story that we see a difference between those who were not generous and those who were generous is simply this that the generous person was not just focused on himself but the generous person could see beyond just where he was right in the moment I've uh, I've, I've wore glasses ever since I was trying to figure it up uh, yesterday when I got glasses. I, I got glasses so young in elementary school, I can barely remember whenever I got, anybody else wear glasses or contacts in the house? Yeah, there we go. I can't see you right now, but I, I kind of see like, like blurry forms right there because I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blind, nearly blind. I, uh, I got my hair cut the other day downtown and, and you know, they take your glasses off and she, she's asking me all these questions and I'm like, ma'am, sincerely, I'm sure you're doing awesome but I'm like I cannot see right now. Like so, she'll hand me my glasses. Well, well, my problem is that I'm I'm nearsighted, right? Which means I can't see things far away. You know, I can I can see I can see my iPad about right there, and then after that, it's gone. I mean, it's just blurry words. I mean, it's it's that's all I can do. I can I can see this really well. I can see myself. I can see just right here in this area. But the moment I look in the distance, I can't see anything else. Not too long ago, the Lord dealt with me about this in my own life and simply said this, Brandon, you are nearsighted spiritually as well. 
Like you're very, very focused on yourself, your life, your family, like, like you, you. You're all about what's going on right now in your life. And I believe sometimes that the Lord wants to put in us some spiritual glasses so much so that we could be like the Samaritans. See, that's kind of what the priest was doing. They, they, it wasn't that they were doing bad things. It wasn't they were going out you know, doing terrible things. They were just focused on themselves. They were so busy about their everyday life. But the Samaritan had something where he actually could see clearly. See, you guys look good this morning. I can see you again, right? And that's, that's how it is spiritually as well. Like, what would it look like if whenever you went back to school that you actually didn't just focus on what was happening in your life, but you could look at others? What happens if you walk in the office tomorrow morning and instead of focusing on what's happening in your life, you actually were able to look at those around you? Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, if you were in our parenting on purpose small group, this, this scripture would have convicted you because we were talking about how to instill character in our kids. And we do that on Wednesday nights um, at, our, at, at my house. And it's simply, this is a scripture we're trying to teach our three-year-old this week. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble. Thinking of others, now this is a big one, as better than ourselves. That we would live our lives where we have spiritual glasses on, where we are walking and not just seeing other people, but we actually are treating other people as better than ourselves. It's a high, that's a high, high order. That we would see value in people. See, I think this is one of the most powerful things that we can grasp as people of God, that we would see people like God sees people. What would it look like if we could see people like God sees people? I mentioned in week one of the church, I told a story about the first house that I ever bought. It was just a, it was a rental house that was in very, very bad shape. It was, it was falling apart and it, I actually got it from an auction from a bankruptcy that someone had on a government loan. It was just the lowest of the low kind of house, but, but, but I saw potential in it. And I didn't see the house for what it was. I saw it for what it was going to be because I had something invested in that. And, 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 and that always, that story always reminds me of whenever I look at people, I need to look at them like God sees them. God does not see you with your problems. I believe God sees you for your potential. I believe God sees beyond what other people see in us. He sees what we're going to be. He sees what we can be. And God helped me to see other people like that. God, help my heart beat to beat for your heart. God, help me to see other people with clarity. Like, help me to hear the heartbeat of God. Hear the heartbeat of God. I remember whenever my wife became pregnant, we would go and we would go to the doctor and we'd listen to the heartbeat, right? We'd listen to the heartbeat and it was so, it was so special. And so what would happen if we listened to the heartbeat of our God? Like, what would it beat for? I believe it would say others, 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 lost broken, in debt, in prison, people with broken homes, people with, with bad past, people that are without hope. I believe it would beat for other people. Like that's what God wants our hearts to beat for. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. I love this scripture. It says, it says, we loved you so much that we didn't just share with you God's good news, but we shared our lives with you. 
I've met people that they, they want to have a churchy type of relationship with people. Oh, praise the Lord. They have a kind of a plastic smile and say, well, praise the Lord. Good to see you. And they're just kind of gone and, and just kind of back. You know, they, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a facade. We've all been there before. It's just kind of a facade. God says, what would it look like if you saw people? It's not just about, well, I'm a Christian and I go to church and, you know, I don't. It, no, but, but we would be the kind of people that we're just sharing our life with people. Like, it's not just a church thing. What would, it would be powerful even if somebody, even here today, you'd, you, 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 you would walk up to somebody after service and just say, hey, what's up? You want to grab some lunch? Like, like, share our lives with people. It's powerful. Look beyond ourselves and what we're having. Share our lives. Here's the second aspect of a generous person. The generous give what they have. The generous give what they have. I'm trying to teach uh, my son, as I was saying earlier, to share, and he's got a one-year-old brother, and man, they, they just kind of bicker, it's so funny, they kind of bicker and fight back and forth, and trying to teach him to share, and he got a little report card back from his preschool, and it said he needed to work on his sharing, <laughs> it's so, so funny, we're like, yeah, absolutely, to work on his sharing, and uh, I thought, man, I, there's some times I need to work on my sharing, um, you know, work on our, and I, I, I've been, I've been, I told him yesterday, I said, son, we're going, we, we, uh, we had some people that were here yesterday. We, we came here to set up on Saturday. And uh, whenever we came to set up, the team was here. And, and there were just hundreds of people that were here uh, for a basketball tournament. And they were here all day. And, man, just something just, just kind of got all over me. I thought, man, all these people, all these young, I, I was just kind of got in my mind, Lord, there has to be people here that need you. There has to be families here with, with teenage kids that are that they're on the rocks and there's single moms and there's dads and all these. And I just got overwhelmed. So I went to the store. It was right, I, I didn't... I stopped setting up. I went to the store. I bought a bunch of waters and candy, and I, I took, had a sign that said "Free Water." Compliments of the of, you know City Hills. I set up a little thing over here, and man, there were just hundreds of people that were coming through, and 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 Hudson didn't understand it because I was giving his candy away. Like, you know, he was like, "Yes, Dad got a big bag of candy, and it's all mine." You know, he's like loving. It. He's like, "Dad, I want an orange lifesaver and a green one, and all this stuff." And and I would pour. Yeah, I was kind of pouring it out into the bowl. You know, to, out here. You know, the people that were at the ball game and stuff like that. And, and, and I was trying to explain to him, son, we share because God shared with us. Like, we share because people matter. We share because God loves people. Like, like it's not about us. It's, thank God, you know, it's not about me and my candy, right? It's about, it's about something bigger. It's about giving what you have. You know, God will never expect you to give something you don't have. God will never expect you to to do something beyond what you already have in your hand right now. God just wants to know if he can give if he can have what you got in your hand. You know, some people and, and myself included, there's been seasons where I haven't stepped into the calling that God has had on my life because I didn't feel like I was smart enough or had all the ability, I had all, you know, I had all these excuses why not. And the biggest one is God, I I can't feel like I'm not enough to feel someone else and fill their lives up. Like, I don't have all of the wisdom and all. What if somebody, if, what if I start a small group and somebody asked me a question I don't know the answer to? Like, like what if, what, you know, I'm not a super Christian. Like, what do I do, God? And I felt like the Lord shared with me not too long ago that my job's never to fill up somebody else's cup. My job is just to empty my own. And if I'll empty myself into the life of somebody else, then you know what God will do? He'll take the rest. 
If I'll be like this Samaritan, look beyond my life, and then he, watch what he does. He, he has a donkey, he has his own steed, he has a couple coins in his pocket. What does he do? He takes the man, he puts him on his own donkey, what he already had, and then he takes the money that was already in his pocket, and he just says, hey, I'm going to be generous today. It's powerful. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 9, I love this passage. It says, in God's grace, he's given us all different gifts to do certain things well. In other words, like we're all unique, we're all different, we all have different things in our pockets, if you will. So watch this, God says, so if he's given you the ability to prophesy, then do it, like speak out with as much faith as God's given you. He goes on to say, if your gift is serving others, if, if that's what you need, like you're somebody who you just love to serve, God says, well man, just give it all you got, like serve them well. If you're a teacher, you better teach good. If your gift is encourage others, to encourage others, then do it, like, just do it. Um, thank you, McLean, for that in the video. Just, like, like, encourage others. If it's giving, then give generously. Like, whatever you do, just give it. Be it. Serve. The next verse says, if God has given you leadership ability, then take it seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. The next verse says, don't just pretend to love others. Oh, my goodness. Don't you like, don't just pretend, but really love them. Like, don't just pretend to give your life. Don't just pretend to be generous. Don't just pretend to be somebody who's a, like, really be somebody that's willing to give what you have. I love the quote that says, no one ever became poor by giving. I love that. Like when you give, when we give these samples of God's glory and God's grace. There's a store I love to go to. It's a little store. It's not a little store. It's a little store named Costco. And I love going there for one reason and one reason alone. Not because they have 10 ga gallon jars of peanut butter or 100,000, you know, things of coffee. You know, it's, it's it, all these things in bulk. It's wonderful. But the samples, somebody. Anybody ever been, gone, went there for this? Anybody just ever went for the samples? You know, just, you just go and you're like, you know, I'm not here to buy a thing, but I'm here to try some samples, right? And, uh, you know, somebody goes and, and how many would, would admit that you've, you've went back, like tried to go incognito and get another sample before of the same thing, you know? You're kind of like, don't, you know, and that wasn't me five minutes ago. You know, that's a different person. That's my twin that's coming back to try to get the sample, right? You know, the little, you know, the little Trisket, you know, with the little crab dip on top. You know, it's that, that little perfect little thing that they have, you know. And some people want to hog all the samples, have you ever been in line, there's like two left and there's one person in front of you and then the person in front of you takes both of them? That's the devil right there. I don't know what it is. The samples. What is a sample? The sample is something that's small, that's hope. And, what, and whenever you take the sample, they say, hey, on aisle nine or right here, you can, buy the, you, can, you can buy the full product and you can take it home with you, right? But whenever we show the good deeds of God, whenever we're like this Samaritan and we're generous, we're actually giving samples of Jesus, samples of heaven to the world around us. Didn't put it in your notes today, but powerful scripture when the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church. He says, you know, those of you that are rich in this present world, make sure that you are mindful to be rich in good deeds to others. Like, like make sure that we're living a life of generosity and service to other people because it makes a difference because those samples, just sending, giving someone a sample and saying, hey, I would love for you to, to come to, 
come to my church with me. Or, hey, I would love to just share with you what God's done in my life. Or just simple acts of samples bring people to who Jesus is. Thirdly, the generous go the extra mile. The generous go the extra mile. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 41 says, If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Jesus, in, in that day, a Roman soldier was allowed to, to force you to walk 1,000 steps with them on the road and carry their gear. It was just part of their culture. It was part of society. If a Roman soldier came up and, and you were walking alone, or you, you would have to put down what you had and you would have to carry their burden for 1,000 steps. And then that's all they could force you. But Jesus says, hey, I want you to live such a life that like when you see someone with a need, when you see someone with a burden, you're not just a one mile kind of, you don't just do what everybody else does around you because you've had an experience with me. You're actually willing to do something beyond, like something extra, just like the Samaritan did. Isn't it so, isn't it just incredible that Jesus told this part of the story? He said, and if, he said, if, if it costs any more than what I've paid you, he said, whenever I come back through, if it's anything, ex like I'll go the extra mile and I'll pay for the different, like I will pay not just for what's needed today, but I'll do something above and beyond to be generous. I really want this church to be characterized by us being willing to go above and beyond. You are a generous people, a generous church. I believe that's why you're here today. You wouldn't have come to church today if you wouldn't have had had a relationship with Jesus and had him change your heart or be changing your heart in life. And you say, I want to go the extra mile. And I wanna help as a church, I wanna help us put some tools in our hands to do this tangibly, go the extra mile. Uh, we, we've had some cards printed that you can just have stacks of them whenever you leave today. But this card literally says, just a simple business card, and it just says on it, something extra to show you God loves you. And then the back just has a simple information about, uh, about the church. And the idea is simply this, that what would it look like if we live like this Samaritan, eyes wide open, seeing the potential in people, not just living for ourselves, being willing to give what we have, and then we go the extra mile for somebody. That we, and whenever we do, we just, we just connect them back to Jesus. And we say, hey, I'm doing this extra because of who God is in my life. On our, on our website this week on cityhills.com and on our Instagram and Facebook, we're going to be posting different ideas throughout the week that you can do. But this is as simple as, as, as paying for somebody's coffee in the drive-thru behind you and just telling, the, telling the, the cashier, hey, give this to them if you don't mind. It's paid for. This could be as simple as, as helping a neighbor or babysitting a neighbor. Or, I don't know. It could be anything. Baking cookies. Just something extra. Something the extra mile. Why? Because people matter. And because God has given us so much and we're gonna share it with the world around us and just something extra, just something extra because of who God is. And then we connect them back to the local church. We connect them back to the place where they can find hope. I, I put this, I, I wanted to show you this because sometimes we can get, um, some people get nervous about take, saying okay, I did this because of God and I did this, I'd love for you to come to my church and some people get nervous about that. But I just wanna show you, it's very important that you, when you do good things for people, you point them to who, who's done good things for you. I, I love this quote that I read this week. It says, to engage in taking care of someone's needs, 
but not pointing them to Christ would be like giving someone a piece of heaven but never telling them how to get there. That, wouldn't that be cruel? Like, tell people, I'm doing this because God loves you, man. God loves you. Like, God has a plan for your life, and I'm not perfect, but you know what, God, I've discovered he's got a plan for my life too, and I just want to give something extra because of what God's done. The title of the message today is Intentional Generosity. Intentional Generosity. And I want to show you where this comes from today because I want to hopefully put some very practical legs to this idea of being generous in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, Remember this, I love this, talking about generosity. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 7 says, Each man should give what he has decided. If you're taking notes, you can underline that word. It's a powerful word. One of, the, one, of the, one of the convictions that I have around here is that we would be the kind of church that would be intentionally generous. Like it's, it's wonderful whenever we, our hearts are kind of, our, you know, heartstrings are kind of plucked a little bit or we see and we can be spontaneous. That's powerful. We need to be spontaneous. But, but Paul writes, I want you to live such a life that you are making a decision that you are going to intentionally be generous. One of the things that I do not like about uh, my profession is that it's very much known for people that manipulate others to give certain things. It's, manipu it's, it, it's been used for manipulation. Standing up in front of people, communicating the Bible, many times can be twisted and used to manipulate people to give something or do something just in a moment, not because of a decision of the heart. And it's always been my dream that to, to, to be part of a, a congregation of people that we're not giving, we're not serving, we're not loving because we feel like somebody's just you know, emotionally twisting our arm, but we're doing that because of what Jesus has done in our lives and it's just this overflow that we've made a decision to be intentionally generous with our hearts, with our lives, with our time, with our money, with our stuff, with our cars, with our house, with whatever we have, like we are making a conscious decision beforehand to be generous. Like, I don't want you to give anything because I say so or because a video says so or because somebody on TV. Like, do what the Bible says. Go home and make a decision. Like, how, get with your spouse and say, hey, honey, how can we live a life that's generous? Like, like what does that look like? And here's what I want to ask. This is, I said all this to ask one question today. The question is this. What is my plan for generosity? It's not just spontaneous. But, but I got a plan that I'm going to live my life beyond myself. Like I'm, I'm making an intentional decision to live my life beyond myself. Early on, whenever, I think I've told part of my testimony before, but, but I, I, I grew up in the church and even though my body was there as a teenager, my heart and mind and was very far away and at a youth camp as a teenager, God totally just radically saved me, changed me, um, just desires that I had, I didn't have them anymore, partying and all, all these, everything changed, my friends changed, my, my desires, every, just everything changed in me after I had an experience with the Lord. And, and one of the things that changed in me is I started praying. 
And, and before, like I grew up in having prayer meetings. I don't know if you've ever been a part of like a church prayer meeting or an all-night prayer meeting before. Um, I called those, all, those were like sleeping. Like you would just try to get in a place in the, in the church that had like a, the comfortable spot where nobody could hear you snore. No, nobody could like hear you snore or see you. You know, that was, that was kind of me. I was definitely not a, somebody who was a prayer warrior or you know, focused on praying. But, but whenever God began to get a hold of my life as a teenager, one of the things that I started doing, I, as I started waking up early, which is a miracle as a teenager in the first place, but I would wake up at, at 5.30 in the morning with the desire to pray. It sounds crazy, right? I would literally wake up with this, this desire to pray and I got this little boom box and I would take it to, I got a key to our church. My pastor gave me a key to our church and I would go to, I'd wake up, I would drive to the church before school and I would go and I would pray at the church before, you know, before I would go to school in the mornings. And, and it, was, it was just, it was a prayer time and we had, I ended up having friends coming with me and we kind of turned into a little prayer meeting before school started. And I remember going to my pastor. I was so excited. I was like, pastor, God is waking me up at 530 in the morning. And I remember him looking at me and uh, he says, son, listen to me very carefully. He said, you need to set your alarm clock. <laughs> I think, oh, no, no, God is waking me up. Like, this is a supernatural thing. Like, God, I'm just got a straight line to God, you know, to glory. Praise God. You know, I'm going to pray. You know, I'm just walking in on, you know, on clouds in the Lord. But you know what? He was right. Because that inspiration did not last forever. It had to become intentional with me. And I say all that to say this, that we can, in moments of inspiration, choose to serve and love and give and make a difference. But I promise you're not always gonna be inspired to do that. You're gonna have to make a plan. You're gonna have to set your alarm if you're gonna wake up every morning and give your time to the Lord, if you're gonna be a generous person. So I want to hopefully help you think through a plan. Three things that we're gonna be intentional about and simply this. First of all, I will intentionally share my resources. I will intentionally share my resources. That, that we have been given resources. We've been given stuff. We've been given money. We've been given dollars. We, we, we live in a tangible world and we have different resources about us. And if we're going to be generous, part of the Samaritan's Part of his serving and part of his loving was a decision to get some coins out of his pocket and tangibly put feet on his generosity. God's intention for this in regard to the first aspect of being intentional, God lines it out very clear in the scripture. In the Old Testament, it was simply called the tithe. It was a, it was a 10% of increase that would come in and that tithe was given. Well, in the New Testament, it's, it's, there, that was a law in the Old Testament. It's no longer a law anymore. It's just a principle. This idea that we would live our lives in such a way that we would, that we would be intentional about saying, God, I want, to, I want to lay aside part of my life, whatever that, you just need to take that to the Lord, whatever that is for you. It's not a law. It's not, you know, just God, you know, putting his fist on you better. No, it's not that. It's, it's a love the New Testament, the, our relationship with God is a, is a law of love. It's, God, what can I do to please you? 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2 says, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside. I love Like it's intentional. It's just part of what we do. A sum of money in keeping with his income. 
See, the, power, the beauty of the tithe is simply this. It's not equal amount, it's equal sacrifice. The tithe was something that the rich and the poor and everyone could equally give, not the equal amount, but just the equal heart to say, God, you've blessed us and I want to be a part of blessing your kingdom. So here's the challenge today. As I want to challenge you to become a percentage giver. Become a percentage giver. To go to the Lord and look, be intentional, not not here in this moment necessarily, but go take this to pray to God and say, God, I want to be intentional to give a percentage to the kingdom of God. I believe that begins in the local church. It doesn't have to be this local church. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a pretty good one, but I don't think this is the only one. Absolutely not. We prayed for other churches. And we believe in other churches. And I want to tell you, it's a powerful thing. When you start supporting God's kingdom, you just read the scripture, a generous man will be blessed. It's part of God's promise. And it didn't have to be this church. I, if you're looking, I can recommend some other churches. I have good friends in this city that pastor wonderful churches. And, but here's, I want to challenge you to be a percentage giver and let it start in the lo, your, whatever your local house of worship is. Be a part of intentionally giving. One of the things I'm so pumped about, I wanted to mention it again. On, on December the 6th, um, we are, we're going to be having our first impact offering. What, what that is, it's, it's a Sunday where everything that's given is going to be given back out into our community. Like, um, it's, it's, it's going to be given right back out to ministries and charities that are making a difference right here in our city. And that's something you can, you don't have to be part of the church. You can just give that, uh, there's no shipping and handling fee. There's no, there's no, uh, there's none of that. It's, uh, it, everything that's given is going to be given right out. And we want to make this a, a, a just, just part of what we do every year. Just a, a, just generosity for our city. Being intentional, not just individually, but as a church being intentional. We as a church tithe to other ministries and to church planning. Every, uh, you may not know this, but whenever you give, those of you that have given, whenever you give, you support other churches being started around the nation. You also support other ministries that are feeding children and that are rescuing people out of sex slavery. We as a church made the decision at the very beginning, we put in the bylaws, bless God, that everything that's given has 10% has to be given away because we believe that's a principle from the word of God. Secondly, I will intentionally share my time. I will intentionally share my time. That God, I'm gonna look at my life and I'm not just gonna serve and give my time when it's convenient, but I'm gonna make a decision right now to be generous with what you have given me in my life. I wanna challenge somebody to, 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 to look at your life and say, am I intentionally giving so that you, giving out of myself, and there's a million ways that you can get involved in this. Give your time to the kingdom of God throughout our city. You can do that as part of this church. We have something called the Growth Track every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. tonight. This is perfect. At 5 p.m. tonight, we're having our, uh, it, it's called Discovery 301. You take a personality profile, a spiritual gifts assessment, a passion profile, and we try to help you discover like the unique thing that God's called you to do and help you get on a, it's all about this idea of being intentional with our time to make a difference. It doesn't have to be here, but it's an aspect that you can, you can make the decision, make an intentional decision to do that. And then lastly, musicians, you can come. I will intentionally share Christ. I will intentionally share Christ. Like I'm not just gonna share the gospel. I'm not just gonna pray for people whenever I'm moved to do that. We need to do that when we're moved to. But this is just a decision that I'm making an intentional decision to make a difference. We want to help as a church provide opportunities for you to do this. 
I've seen this in my own life where I've had an opportunity, something special, something that would somebody maybe that's not a church person would normally come to. And I've seen my friends come to the Lord because of those moments. And we want to be a church that just has these type of things, that, that series and messages that, that, that are really just to share the gospel in creative ways so that people, that, that, that norm, family members and friends that you have, that they're not church people, that they would come and they'd get something out of it. We're actually having something. We're, we're, we're going to be doing something on the 29th. We're going to be starting a series simply called Big Screen. What we're going to be doing then is we're going to be looking at holiday classics that have some redemptive value. And they're going to be preaching. We're going to preach the word of God. But we're going to take, we're going to take movies that your friends and family know and love um, and we're going we're gonna to actually use those. Just like Jesus told parables, we're going to use those, and we're actually going to tell the story and message of Jesus Christ through his word in creative ways. And I'll tell you why we're doing this. We're doing this to give you an opportunity to invite somebody to come. Like next week, you're going to have, there's going to be invitations that you can have. And here's the idea that whenever you're around the Thanksgiving table, that maybe there's a cousin or an uncle or a mother or a father or a friend that you can say, hey, we're doing something different at our church. Hey, why don't you just come? It's, it's going to be about Christmas and holiday movies and stuff that you're going to know about. And why don't you just come and check it out? And we're going we're gonna to do that for a couple weeks, all for the effort to give you an opportunity to bring somebody that needs the Lord. And we're just going to believe there's, there are going to be hundreds of people that are going to come hear the gospel and there are going to be people that are going to respond and be changed in the name of Jesus. Amen? So be intentional. One more principle and we're done today. Simply this, that my generosity, our generosity, is a reflection of the generosity of God. Like the reason we can be generous is because we serve a God that's been more than generous with us. The Bible says we love because God first loved us. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave. He was generous. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And I want to say that that generous God that we've been talking about today that life that makes a difference. See, we're not saved by good works, not in a million years. You couldn't do enough good things to be saved if you lived a thousand lifetimes. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works because God's got a purpose. He wants to use us to make a difference. If you're here today, no one looking around, just kind of, if we would just kind of get a, in just a little posture of prayer, maybe that means you close your eyes or whatever is comfortable for you. I just want us to take a moment and ask a question. God, am I, what's my plan? God, what would you have me to do to make a difference with my life? I want to be intentional with what you've given me, with my time. At the end of this life, I want to be able to look and say, I'm making a difference. I live beyond myself. God, would you help us to do that? Would you help put people's faces Bring them to our mind right now, people that maybe they just need a word of encouragement or just a little something extra to show that God loves them. What can we do beyond ourselves? In Jesus' name. And right where you are, if you're here today and you need Jesus Christ, 
Like you need a relationship with him. You need an experience where, where, where you need to let your past be behind you and you need to go forward with Jesus. I want to say this is a great opportunity to do that right here, right now. We serve a generous God who wants to give you a brand new start, a fresh start. Acts chapter 2 says that, when, that we need to repent, that we need to turn from our ways and ask God to save us, forgive us, give us a fresh start. So if you're here today and you need a fresh start with Jesus, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. There's nothing magic about my prayer. It's, not, it's just from your heart, I want to help you connect to Jesus and make it as simple and easy as possible for you to meet the most generous one that there's ever been, our Lord Jesus Christ. Just pray with me right now if you need him today. Lord Jesus, I need you. How would you forgive me of my sin? Would you... Help me to live a life pleasing to you. Fill me with your spirit. God, I want a brand new life. God, give me fresh hope. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, we pray.